today's episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you can get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to let them know that RJ from the Ringside Rant sent you and how you heard about Podgo in this portion of your application. Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. It's time for the great episode of The Ring Side Rant with your host from the hills of West Virginia, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, this is R.J. Friday, it's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rant is with you this week. I am the man with the magical voice. He is the next starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. He is JD Justin Davis. Justin, how are you doing? I am okay. Those Bengals, I don't know if they are. We have to play the daunted Schittsburg Steelers this week in Schittsburg. Hopefully don't, we don't get nothing on us while we're there. And hopefully uh, Paul Bromwell and Mikey Coyota's team go down in a fucking fiery ball of flames this Sunday. Well, I had a wonderful weekend because we smoked, smoked some fish uh, this past weekend. I, I, it was weird because I think that was one of the most unsatisfying 35 nothing <laughs> wins I've ever seen just because – uh, defense played out of its mind first and foremost, and then uh, uh, Josh didn't really play it too well. Uh, for, uh, he played well, but not to his to his standards, obviously. Of course they won. I didn't pick them to win this week, so of course they fucking win this week. Well, the survivor, the one uh, I'm in, I think you might be in there too with the AFS group. Uh, I picked Cleveland. I'm like, oh, this is the only time I'm going to be able to pick Cleveland. And they won by like one point. I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm like, yeah, fuck Cleveland too. Yeah. Wow. NFL's a sore subject for me this week. Let's move on. Well, it's a sore subject for everybody because everybody got hurt. <laughs> well, uh, Burrow is still standing, so they don't need me to come in yet uh, in relief. Yeah, but yeah, we but might, if he, we but might if he, be getting there soon. But if he starts throwing three interceptions on three passes, maybe you'll have to start at least warming up in the uh, in the tunnel. Yeah, that's where I belong. The tunnel? The tunnel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. 
Uh, so something that's not metaphorically speaking is what we're going to be covering this week is uh, something that's near and dear to both our hearts, something we grew up on watching. Uh, Saturday night's main event, um, one of those things that I put in the same category as uh, Saturday, our superstars, and Saturday night, uh, WCW. Just because that's something that you look forward to each and every week, or in some aspects, with Saturday night's main event, it was on late, but you could always get it on um, uh, replay. But going back and watching this, a lot of people give credit to WCW in 86 or NWA. WWF wasn't that far off. WWF in 86 was pretty damn good. Oh, it was. I I don't know that it was as good as it would be in 87, mm-hmm. um, in 88, and 89, but in 86, it was definitely starting to take off. Um, and you could see the main players really forming strong characters like Jake Roberts mm-hmm. here kind of early in his WWE run, uh, the Hart Foundation, not, although not on this show, um, kind of beginning their run too around this time in 86. So mm-hmm. a lot of things starting to happen in WWE around this time. Well, it, even you left one guy out is Paul Orndorff. And I, we'll get into it a little bit more in depth once we get onto the show. But he was one of those guys that criminally underrated. And yeah. as, as probably one of the best heels, you could put him in that category. The best heels of all time. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you put him with Bobby, though, too, it just makes it even better. Oh yeah, that was just absolutely money. But we'll get into that soon. But this uh, this Saturday night's main event seven uh, took place uh, at uh, the Richfield Coliseum, or excuse me, the Coliseum at Richfield. I I, I don't know, but uh, this was actually taped on September thirteenth, nineteen eighty six, Richfield, Ohio. But it was later aired on October fourth, nineteen eighty six. Uh, the event uh, was on NBC. For those of you that aren't familiar with Saturday Night's main event, go over to the Peacock. I, I, I strongly suggest you to go over there now and watch 86 Saturday Night's main event. It's very, it's sneaky good, good stuff. Um, but this uh, this event that we're going to be covering, uh, ranting about, if you will, drew a 9.4 rating. Something that uh, doesn't even come close nowadays, obviously being... Uh, 86 compared to 2021 is, is, is obviously not comparable, but, um, but yeah, it's yeah. In 86, everyone was only watching three channels and this is one of them. I mean, this was the first wrestling show to get on one of the major three networks as far as Mm -hmm. consistently, you know, this wasn't on every Saturday night. It was an every few months thing, right? It was like quarterly Um, or monthly. Yeah. um, So it's, it was, it was special to me as a kid. A Saturday night's main event was always a big deal. It was a must-see TV. Mm-hmm. It's the opening contest. So, Justin, I have to ask you one question about this this event. What the hell is with Jake Roberts and all these shower promos? I, I always they're always myths and rumoring innuendos until you actually go back and watch these, and it's just like. Dude, what the hell? I, I know you got to be in there with a snake and everything, but. I cut a shower promo on Efren this week. Um, oh, okay. I'm always. Oh, 
I've seen some shower promos on Pornhub I was fans of, but I don't know about this one. Uh, Especially when you got a short little bald man in the scene with you. That kind of negates the whole thing that's going on there. Yeah, I kind of felt bad for uh, for me and Gene there being in that shower. I'm like, you don't know what the hell what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, especially if Johnny V's in there, you, yeah. know, you really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, no kidding. But with Johnny V, man, we saw all these promos, man. I don't know if it was one of those things where it was just a matter of, hey, it's a way of getting these guys over or if it was just a matter of the format of the show or whatever it was, but I'm like, Holy fucking promos, man. I always loved the opening promos of all the Saturday night's main events. And if you guys, you know, haven't watched a lot of Saturday night's main event, um, it always just opened with like three or four or five guys, you know, cutting promos, pre-recorded promos, you know, and Hulk Hogan's always hilarious in them. And, uh, Usually involves Jake talking real quiet and then uh, Macho Man telling uh, Miss Elizabeth to sit down and shut the fuck up and, you know. <laughs> Lock her in a bathroom somewhere. But they were always cool. I always liked how it opened up with the promos, then went to the song, which is mm-hmm. badass, and then goes to Vince and Jesse. Right. So before we get to, to, um, to Vince and uh, Jesse... Um, I wanted to con- get your thoughts on uh, Johnny V. We you brought him up er- a little bit ago. How needed was he really with uh, Greg and uh, and Beefcake? Obviously, Greg being his legitimate son. Yeah, not needed. But I don't know that they had a lot of faith in Greg's promos ever. And well, I don't beefcake know that, even for that <laughs> at that time, beefcake really wasn't a proven promo. So I think that's just what it was. Um, but I could always go without Johnny V. His promo to open the show was literally pretty shitty. Well, and all three of them never ever cut a good promo that was you could really take home and take it to heart and be like, Hey, this is a really good promo. You should really watch this. If you're looking to get in the business or whatever, you're not going to say it about these three guys. That's for damn sure. No. Uh, but one guy that you will write home about is, uh, is Bobby Heenan, man. Like you said, putting him with Mr. Wonderful man, you could just see the dollar signs because Mr. Wonderful could talk very well. But when you have the best talk, one of the best talkers of all time, one of the best managers of all time, and Bobby Heenan next to you, come on, man. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And the promo to open it up with Heenan and uh, Orndorff and Orndorff looking in three different mirrors, and Heenan's like, what you have right here is three of the most fantastic physiques in wrestling today. Mm. Um, But, yeah, no, those two together was always awesome. Really love Orndor's uh, robe in this show, the red and silver robe. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty goddamn good looking robe in itself. Uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. But even with uh, with with that, is uh, Vince and Ventura on commentary here? I don't know. I just couldn't. I couldn't get into it because it's just like it got to the point where. 
Ventura's voice just got so, so annoying. I just wanted to jump through the screen and freaking slap him. They definitely weren't yet to their peak of their banner with each other. They, I think they were still working on some of that. Yeah. Um, Jesse still hadn't got to wearing like fancy hats and shit. Like on at the beginning when he opened the show, he just mm-hmm. kind of looked like you with this just big old bald head out there. Um, but then I actually did stay and look at the next show and watch the beginning of it. And Jesse has on like a big uh, hairpiece on on the next episode I'm, so. i won't i won't go there i won't go to that extent. you might have, i'm gonna i might bring you on the next top guy weekend we're gonna put one on your head see what yeah we're rumor, r- rumor and innuendos has that uh they they booked a city so hopefully we'll the city has been booked the whole city conrad's booking the whole town he's he's booking the whole country just <laughs> we're gonna go from city to city town to town or uh state to state uh but like we said, we get these promos just leading up. We didn't even have the first match yet. And the last promo we see here, or one of the last ones of notoriety, was uh, the one that Gene did with Piper, claiming that he was, quote, hurt and was supposed to not be able to wrestle uh, because his knee was taken out in Baltimore by um, Adrian Adonis and Don Morocco. I thought at this time, like he legitimately was hurt. I I don't know if that was just, I, I'm pretty sure it was just a kayfabe thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But obviously we saw, we'll get into it a little bit later, but we saw that wasn't the fact, but uh, I'm almost, he got hurt at this time, you know, and he's contemplating retirement and all that stuff. And, you know, you can't go wrong with any of his stuff here leading into it yeah piper is definitely the you know him and hogan are the stars of this show and piper you know just this was his peak of greatness in my opinion mm-hmm. he just he eats up the room he steals all of the camera when he's when he's on it um piper is just one of those that an absolute legend and I, i'm glad that he you know i like how they brought out pedro morales to fight and uh everyone's like please no and piper's like get out of here let me in <laughs> and uh piper goes and beats the shit out of out of uh iron chic iron chic 40 which, in 43 know, seconds mind you he made iron seconds. chic humble he, he humble he humbled my ass uh but legitimate the first match man the first match on this card was mr wonderful and hogan for the title yeah they kind of backwards booked saturday night's main i event. just didn't get it man How, why no, would it's you because it was on at 11 30 and they knew people would start going to bed so they want to get their shit in yeah, yeah so, so let's book so let's main event fucking kamala <laughs> yeah what the fuck well, is this shit? I, I this love, shit I always love kamala though i liked at the end when he was back getting back up on the rope and he was looking confused and they were trying to talk him down off the turnbuckle <laughs> oh no, Kamala was always over with me. Like I could never be mad at Kamala. I'm like, he don't know what he's doing. He's climbing up on the ropes. Yeah. You know, like he don't know how to pin. I always liked it when he would pin them when they were on their stomach and they'd be like, no, roll them over. <laughs> and then you do the whole like the rolling thin <laughs> over them and just a comedic the comedic aspect of it. But uh with Paul Orndorff, we, we see him coming out. He comes out to real American. Yeah, I love it. Um, Orndorff comes out and 
comes out to Hogan's song and then mocks Hogan and does the little the the ear. ear, listen to the fans, and they're all booing. And then the music just keeps playing. And then here comes Hogan out. Um, I like that whole, you know, it got heat. Yeah. It, you know. But, but you, you know, now everybody thinks about that. But in 86, man, you just did. First of all, they didn't have, obviously, the music like they do now. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, for this was kind foremost. of the beginning of music. So this was like the beginning. I think I'm pretty sure it was like Hogan and even uh, 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 Savage. I mean, people down south had had music for a while, like Junkyard Dog. And well, the Road Warriors had. Uh, was that? They just what? didn't have a lot of WWE music until about '84. Right, and but even <laughs> you had to deal with a lot—not so much now, but you have to deal with a lot with the copyright shit. Because obviously the NWA and down Southern territories, nobody gave a shit. They just played whatever the hell they wanted. You want to play Skinner? They have Skinner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No one, there was no suing of that back then, I guess. But all soon we shall find out. And now we don't even get to hear Rick Root's fucking music, Vince. Go fuck yourself. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I never really. I, just, I, I never got it. I, some of this stuff. And by here, the way, speaking of Vince and fucking shit up, this fucking Braun Breaker bullshit is the oh. dumbest bullshit I have ever seen. Because they don't want to pay any homage or homage or whatever you, way you want to pronounce it. To, well, then, to why is he wearing, then why is he wearing Rick's shit? He's not, he's not wearing the headgear. I know, but he's wearing the, everything else. I mean, come on, guys. Everyone knows he's a Steiner. He sounds just like one. He looks just like one. Call him Rex Steiner and be fucking done with it. Hopefully his math is better. Now all this is going to do is cause him resentment for the next, until two years, he'll go to AEW and be, guess what? Rex Steiner. And the crowd will pop because the WWE never let him fucking do it because they're fucking stupid. No, you, you said you had to have you have to have a segue. You have to get over to the main roster and then you get released. Yeah. <laughs> that that that's a trajectory of being Oh yeah, older. go to the main roster, job for you know, some intercontinental champion for yeah. a while, and then be released. Yeah, there you go. Um <laughs> so much for you know, so much for not doing uh uh current stuff on here. I don't care anyways, but uh yeah. Well, it's just something I had to get off my chest because that's some bullshit. That kid is good, too. Well, Christ, look at his fucking lineage, man. It's just like you think about it. You have a Steiner in the NXT. You have uh, Anderson in AEW. And it's just like, when the hell is Tessa coming back? Where's she going to end up? You know, because there's a Blanchard right there. Yeah. But I think you know, she needs to quit showing videos of her shit and then whatever else she's been up to. I thought it was just audio. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, me, you meant the other one. Okay. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know what she did or who she did it on, but or what kind of glass bottom boat she'd been riding, but I don't want any part of it. <laughs> oh, come on. No, uh, <laughs> so our next match coming out was uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jake Roberts. Uh, in what was a snake pit match. What in the holy hell? Oh, hold on. Before we move on, I want to talk. I, I forgot a couple notes on that last match. Which, oh, but, wonder if and uh, um, Hogan. Mm-hmm. When they open up, first of all, Vince is in one of his better sport coat looks. If you, He's not in his stupid baby blue not sport the blue coat. One, right. 
he's he's actually in a black one that has some uh some effect on it it looks pretty fucking good it's, I'm, i was surprised when i saw him in that um and we talked about you know orndorff coming out to real american 23 year old joey morella is refing this match yep and he kicks bobby heenan out who is hilariously carried out by the but, cops i, I like that spot in the match so that's all i wanted to say if you if you guys do check it out check out joey he's a, a mere 23 here doing this match he started at 20 in 1983 and this is 1986 so he's an experienced veteran by this time yeah but nobody sold that like heenan though man nobody yeah would sell oh that. i know heenan was fired up and Eric carried him out of there yeah so yeah, what, what we have next? This was a good match. This was Ricky Steamboat and, and Jake Roberts. And Jake Roberts. And what what they were billing as a snake pit match. So pretty much, I'll save you guys the the uh, anxiety. I'm sure you guys are foaming at the mouth to know what the hell a snake pit snake pit match is. And basically, Jake brought his brought his snake down the ring, and uh, and Steamboat brought a fucking dragon. Well, a dragon. I like how Vince calls, look at that dragon. Vince, it's a goddamn crocodile, bro. There's no such thing as dragons. It's a little crocodile well, that has its mouth taped shut. There's no, there's no, there's no such thing as dragons. And he goes, and Vince goes, would you look at it? How ugly thing. <laughs> oh, Vince, no, that is one of your guys. That is not the snake. That is not the dragon. That is one of your guys. He's got he's got a dragon. Uh-huh. A dragon. Look at that. He's so he's so he's so scaly. Uh but on a more positive note, why weren't people talking about I totally forgot about this feud. Why were people not talking about the steamboat and uh, and Roberts feud? I know, I know. You would have thought this would have got over as a big feud for me. Like, I, you know what I would have seriously did? Like when Steamboat wins it for Macho Man, um, what the in March, uh, WrestleMania the next year, right? Why not put him right back with fucking Jake? I don't know. <laughs> Jake may have been a face at the, by then. In eighty seven, uh, yeah, because sure, he, he flip flopped the time. Right I wouldn't before. have made him a face, and I would have went right back to the feud with Jake and Ricky as Ricky is the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, but but he did his best work as a heel. That uh, he being Jake Roberts, but uh, they they just complimented so each other so well because they've been doing it for so damn long. Well, not just a, the not size a... of Jake against the speed of of uh ricky and they both could work their asses off and tell a story in the ring like no other mm -hmm. i just think there was a lot of potential in that feud like you do i agree with that just to go back and you would think looking back at it now i i get that i get you know what we what we're both referring to but you're thinking at 86 this is pre steamboat flare. This is pre steamboat savage. And this is whole pre like Roberts and, 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 and undertaker Roberts and uh, savage. So I, I just don't think they knew what they had. I, well, you also have to remember that Vince doesn't give a fuck about good matches. He wants good stories. Which this would have been a fine story too, but you know when when we fantasy book something, think you know I'll think of the match that you know Owen Hart and Brian Danielson could have. 
Mm-hmm. Vince don't give a fuck about that. He gives zero fucks about that. Always has. Always will. Zero, and gave zero fucks about it in 1986, too. Yeah. So so you're saying there's a pattern. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, I just... The options with that are just so endless because we were never gotten the great match that we saw at WrestleMania, the blindfold match between Hit Roberts and, uh, uh, and Martel. Model, right? yeah. I'm like, I, even that told a goddamn story. It, it, the match sucked, but at least it told like a that, story. Them blindfolded were better than the Young Bucks without blindfolds on. But Well, no, they should have... You see, Justin, I was actually going to say something, but I, I, I held back a little bit. Ah, screw it. They they should just put ball gags in their mouths because they just need to <laughs> shut up. Screw it. I, screw it. I'll, I'll put it out there. I don't care. Fire, fire me. The, fire me. I'm already fired. First, it probably wouldn't be the first time. <sighs> Let that simmer and, and somebody fire in there. I'm already fired. And somebody in Arizona is going, son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, we can't. That, that, that's a show, man. We can't really get any better than that. Uh, so I, I don't know if this is how you feel, but with Hogan's promos, looking back at it now, to me, I, I, did, I, I don't like them now. They don't live up to live up to them as much as people gave them credit well. for. Hogan's promos are literally like a box of chocolates because you sure as fuck don't ever know what you're going to get. And sometimes they are good and sometimes they are really bad. They and they really weren't that good at this show. Anyways, no, I mean, there are there are some where he he gets he gets it pretty good, but there's a lot of swings and misses, too. But it, but it, with his stuff, it's like you can take it in doses, you know. But not at Saturday night's main event. Whether they're live, whether they're pre, I'm, I'm just pretty sure that these were pre-recorded. Anyways, oh, yeah. even even though this is a recorded event, I'm pretty sure they probably pre-recorded them. But yeah, uh, dosage, man. I I don't care. You're getting three fucking promos from him. I just don't get off my screen. Yeah, like. Like, like I, I, I'm starting to sound like Bret Hart, and yes, I said his name before you did about his opinion on Hogan, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I just, you know, the guy never wanted a job to me, never wanted to lose to me. He's a fucking motherfucking sucker. There you go. Yeah, pretty basically. Uh, can't 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 get much better than that. Uh, but. Uh, I just, uh, he gets so much credit for his promos. I just don't think they're worth a damn. Maybe it's just, yeah. maybe it's just me. He can, well, I think there, I don't know. Like I said, there's, there's some that are good and some that are bad. I thought his, his promos in the NWO were, were pretty good for the most part. Well, but see with, with that though, they did, they didn't have to do it. Like, I mean, I granted this is quarterly, but it's like, Simmer down. Obviously, you're not on TV as much in '86 than you would be now, or even in the '90s. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I, I get it. But it's just like dial it down a few notches. Just dial it down. Dial it down. Oh, that's uh, not gonna happen. <laughs> oh, you know that ain't gonna happen. He's got to. He's probably all hopped up on freaking painkillers and cocaine or something. Uh, like, like the '86 Mets. If no one has checked out that, oh my god, 30, I, that yeah, was fantastic. 
I been I binge watched it all. Uh, was it Sunday before the football started? And yeah. um, I told our friend of the show, Petopolis, um, I said, dude, you got to go watch it, man. And I thought it was only like three, like one three. I always oh. thought it was three uh, like um, episodes, Episode. but it turned out to be it was like five, I think. Yeah. And I'm like, this is good shit, man. I'm like, and that was one of the why well, 86. We we're both two years old, so we didn't really know. We don't remember shit from that. Right. being live but i'm like holy crap that series 30 for i don't i hate giving espn a lot of credit but their 30 for 30 is pretty damn good that's a, along the same lines of uh, I'll tell you, uh dark side of the ring by different people yeah um, which yeah. is interesting and jimmy kimmel actually did this one so um kudos jimmy yeah you are the man that was good shit but but yeah even that that 30 for 30 goes along the same lines as uh is dark side of the ring, uh, as far as their you know their their shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next we have. Uh, let me look at this old uh, run sheet here. That's I might probably be better know that I have it. But uh, we saw the aforementioned Piper and Iron Cheek. We talked about Morales coming out. Piper sent him back forty three seconds. What I noticed that just it's caught me off guard a little bit was uh, Sheik was managed by Slick. Am I wrong or was he? Yeah. How how was he Slick a part of with Iron Sheik? Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember that as a thing, but apparently it was for a minute. Because like I said, I remember with him with the the um, what the hell are they called Twin Towers or whatever with uh, Bossman and Akeem, but. After that, and even like with Warlord and Barbarian, but I don't remember him a whole hell of with Iron Cheek, and obviously it wasn't that important because nobody remembers. No, I didn't either. I, <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, when the hell were those two, you know, together? But uh, apparently, in uh, October of '86, they were right. September. But a, a match that um, really was probably the, I, I'd say out of the five matches on this card, Justin, this was probably the best match. It was uh, the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, and Dynamite Kid with Captain Lou Abano taking on the Dream Team, Beefcake, Greg Valentine, managed by uh, Johnny Valentine. Two out of three, two, yeah, three falls match. Rules match, and Jesse right. kept bitching about that. Like, right. we're in Ohio. Why do we have the European fucking rules? That's right. the United States. <laughs> but in a two out of three falls match for the tag team titles, this was the longest match. It was a 13 minute match, just over. Um, but man, how they in the could... first and in the first fall, Greg got Greg actually went over clean with a figure four on dynamite. I'm dying it. I'm like, I, I'm like, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> first and... of all, you have to like shoot dynamite in the brain for him to fucking give up because it's not going to happen anyways. But I guess in kayfabe, no one knows that. So right, right, exactly. <laughs> kayfabe, the uh, kayfabe, but um, but. This was a rematch from WrestleMania three, where we saw where we saw the Bulldogs beat WrestleMania the Dream two. Team. Was it two? Yeah, three hadn't happened yet. Oh, two. I'm sorry, I put the wrong number yeah. down there. Uh, but WrestleMania two, uh, where the Bulldogs beat the Dream Team to win their first tag titles uh, there 
in in um well WrestleMania two that was that would have been that's the three different uh, events right so this mm-hmm. would have what where the hell was that that was probably what's that it was L L L A half well no L A would have been Hogan so it was probably I don't remember where everything was not important anyways but we're here we're here Saturday night's main event we don't need to worry about WrestleMania two um but were you a fan growing up? of the bulldogs because i i have a feeling that that you probably mm-hmm. were just of their just with their in work and in, in ring work i think matilda was over with me more than anything honestly well and i think with kids especially too though man it's just mm-hmm. it's those mascots will get those wrestlers over believe it or not do, it's dog pets and children man they get over man they get over that's why i, that's why I got owen over here Oh, you say his name is going to start barking or something. No, he's just sitting here staring idly at the at the cat. Oh, geez. Now we're going to we're going to have a cage. Side note. Time. Side. Yeah. Side note. With our new puppy anchor chocolate lab that we got, my Gavin calls because we have the other dog already, Harper. And we actually they actually go at it like growling, Mm -hmm. but like they're playing. And Gavin calls them cage matches. (laughs) Steel cage yeah. match no, off the top. That's, of- that's that's what your mommy and daddy do at night, Gavin. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the cage match. Yeah, I, 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 I trust me. I always do the job. <laughs> <laughs> you better put her over. Oh, I yeah. Hey, everybody wins in the end, my friend. Everybody wins. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the Bulldogs, man. I just you've seen the uh, dark side of the ring with dynamite. So, you know, what you know, just wasn't right frame of mind. Seeing the work now. Okay, now I get it. But, man, this was probably the best match a Dream Team ever had with anybody. Yeah, it, the, I, I thought they both worked well in this match. Uh, even Beefcake, I thought this was one of the stronger matches I've ever seen him wrestle, which maybe not is, is not a uh, high bar to jump. But it was I thought he was pretty good in this match. Mm-hmm. as a heel um so overall like you said i don't have any complaints about this match it was pretty good um at one point vince goes uh look at him jesse davy looks like a bulldog and vince goes or jesse goes he looks like one too i mean he looks like one in the face too or something like that <laughs> some stupid uh, com- some stupid some, comment they those two were still, like I said, working on their shit. But overall, I like this match a lot. Like it probably was either that or the or the Roberts and Steamboat match were the best two matches for sure on the card. Oh yeah, without without question. But it just I, if you don't know if you've never seen a Bulldog match, I strongly suggest that you go back and watch it. But uh, I, you know what, I I'm not gonna shit on the Hogan match because I thought that was a good strong match too, and I like the. Yeah the whole thing going on with Bobby, there was a lot of entertainment in that match. So as far as entertaining wise goes, the Hogan match is the most entertaining match on the card. Mm. And maybe but, that's what's most important. Right. right. Oh, of course. But one guy that's always going to be entertaining, whatever card he's on is Mr. Rich Palladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It is now time for rants and raves. All right, Justice. So rants and raves this week. Uh, it's a short list because we pretty much, uh, for, uh, I say fortunately now, not unfortunately. It's a we short talk show. A, it's a I mean, short it show. Was, it, 
the show that we watched Wrestle or WrestleMania seven. That was a good show. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, um, Saturday Night's main event seven. I mean, it was only what an hour show or something like that. Yeah, so. give or take. It was like an hour and ten, hour and fifteen. Yeah. Um, but no, and and we touched a briefly on the stuff that I put in that format, regardless. And I try to do that every once in a while to kind of give us some sort of uh, talking points. But uh, somebody that we didn't talk about, um, and I think really deserves for our dis- the discussion on it is Adrian Adonis. Um, you go back even before this, Adonis was a great worker, man. Um, and here in 86, he was doing this whole cross-dressing uh, uh, gimmick um, storyline. What I, like I said, I don't know what you pr- would properly describe it as if it was the gimmick or, or storyline, whatever. But Adrian dies in general. We saw him pretty much get his ass kicked here by Piper with a crutch. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm almost positive that he they they sold it as he broke his arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if, they said he he pulled his arm out of his socket or dislocated shoulder. I think yeah. is what they said on the show. But even Vince was like, I don't think that's a dislocated shoulder. Yeah, but but I'm pretty sure that he legitimately got his arm broken in this in this in this this match when he did the crutch. But Going back, do you have any recollection, any memories of Adrian Adonis, uh, whether here in 86 or previous with his work? Because I'm pretty sure he was at WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure he worked WrestleMania 1. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I always thought that Adonis was, I just remember the, the feud that he had with Piper more than anything, um, which is, you know, beginning right here, I suppose or had been at least started already, but keeping it going till uh, whenever they're going to have their match. WrestleMania three. Is mm-hmm. that it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I liked him. The dude could bump for a big guy. Um, was a good heel, kind of a gold dust light character. Almost. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't, He's not someone that I remember a lot as a kid because he was gone pretty soon after this. I mean, yeah. after WrestleMania three, right? I don't remember him being around much longer. Yeah, I, think. I think he like passed away in a car yeah. accident or something. It was a car wreck. Yeah. So, you know, I, as a kid, I, I was still pretty young when he died. So not someone that I have a lot of memories about, but now looking back on it, I I'm a big fan of his. I like, right. I like a lot of his stuff. Right. Yeah. And that was, Looking back at it, you know, his feud with Piper was a great feud. Um, and that was even when Piper was a face, uh, because obviously the Adonis was the heel. But we talk about uh, uh, feuds at this time, face versus heel. I can't help but bring up this feud that we saw here on this event with Orndorff and Hogan. Uh, is it probably... Uh, to compare the Orndorff Hogan feud with the Piper and Hogan feud, uh, are they on the same level? Is one higher than the other? Because that's always watching this show, it was something that really stuck in my mind. Uh, because I never, when I try to figure it out myself, and I'm thinking, okay, Piper Hogan, that was the feud, WrestleMania one, all the way pretty much until Piper, shit, when they went even over into WCW. They had it over there too. So it was a long feud. Kayfabe or not. But we could also say the same things about Orndorff and Hogan. Um, where do you stand on that? Do you were you more 
of a who's your favorite feud? Was it Hogan and Orndorff or Hogan and Piper? Yeah, um, probably, probably Orndorff. Mm-hmm. Um, just for this reason, the Bobby aspect of it. You know, it was always seemed like Bobby was always had his list of guys that was going to take Hogan down. If it's you know, it's Orndorff, it's the Giant, it's Rick Rude, it's you know whoever Bobby has at the time. But I think this feud here with Orndorff kind of starts Bobby's whole mission in life, which is to get the belt from Hogan. And it starts the Heaton family because this is pretty much the start of it with with Orndorff. Uh, but do you think do you think it was stupid for them eventually hindsight being what it is? Do you think it would have been stupid for them to have Heenan be aligned with Piper? No, because Piper never needed Heenan at all. We're right. You know, I get that. But th- do you think it would have worked Mike for both? No, oh, because there's not enough Mike yeah, for him. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like putting Kobe and Allen Iverson on the same team. There's not enough balls for him. Um, and that's the same way here. If they were together, there just wouldn't be enough microphones for him. Yeah. It's like putting you and Bret Hart in the same room together. You never know who's going to leave and get over more. Well, I'll put him over. Of course you would. Of course. Hey, you got to put your father over. You got to do the job for your yep. dad. Yep. But somebody that we absolutely love to do the job for is Mr. Rich Paladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It's listener questions. All right. It's time for uh, one of my favorite segments. I know it's close it's close to you guys, to you as well, Justin, is listener questions. Um, we got a uh, new couple new ones this week. We got some returning ones, um, but I must be remiss if I don't mention uh, Top Gale Amy. She kind of felt slighted a little bit this week because we always put Money Mike first. Well, well, we usually try to go ladies first, but that's why Money Mike usually goes first. But this lady is a lot better than Money Mike, so let's let her go first this week. Without question. So, Amy asks, she said she was watching Steamboat versus Jake the Snake and was wondering why wasn't Ricky Steamboat not seen as more of a world uh, title contender? He had a great look, great wrestler, loved by the fans. Uh, she, I feel like he had great matches that elevated others. Macho Man being the first one that comes to her mind. Um, even this with Jake, but stand, but stayed mid-card. Um what do you thought? This is one of the discussions we've had a lot of the times on some of the zooms and on, you hear a lot of the shows on AFS uh, with when they bring steamboat up, when they do a lot of shows with him. Um, why, where do you, why don't you think he was more seen of a world title contender it, it, this time? Obviously we saw him later on there in 89 when the big gold um, from flair three words, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Well, I don't but see, Did not I don't look at, at Ricky as big enough to beat someone like Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Secondly, you'd have to do face versus face unless you turn Ricky heel, which uh, I don't know. Um, I just that's why I, I just don't think Vince saw money in that saw money in Steamboat against Hogan or anyone. And I just don't know that he thought Ricky could draw at the top of the card. So let's let's play fantasy book. Okay, I, I get your aspect of it, Justin, with okay, you can't 
Vince doesn't see Ricky beating Hogan. Great. Face versus face. Okay, I 100% agree. Try this on for size. So this we're going to be coming up here at WrestleMania 3. We're going to see Steamboat beat Savage for the IC title. Okay? So next WrestleMania, we're going to see, uh, I believe 4 was the title tournament, correct? Yeah. Perfect time. Yeah, Obviously, I I, Steamboat I wasn't there. Steamboat was there, yeah. We're right, right, right. But what I'm going to say, keep him there. Keep him going. Keep him happy. Promise him this title match. What about? I think you'd have to promise him less days on the road. Well, that, well maybe that too. Maybe the wife at home is kind of pecking at him. But why, why wouldn't you want to put, let's say, fancy booking, have Savage win? the title like like he normally would have him be the he have him be the heel <coughs> and somewhere along the line maybe it be at a a, a, a summer slam or survivor series build up to a steamboat savage match for the wwf title because it, is, it is a shame we never got to see that and you know they had it they would have had a chance mm-hmm. in whenever you know ricky came back but it was not in the cards but or that would have been cool or here's another aspect you know wrestle was it 92 wrestlemania 8 indiana the hoosier dome savage and fucking steamboat there yeah instead you of flair. savage and flair instead yeah. of flair and then you could have put flair with hogan bingo bingo bongo mm-hmm because you, because that that Flair and Hogan match, everybody wanted to see before they freaking screwed the pooch in WCW. Have it have Hogan and shit. You can even have Hogan and Flair main event WrestleMania eight. Mm-hmm. You have a dual. You can still have a dual main event. You can have Steamboat and Savage, because at that time Savage still could go in ninety two. We know Steamboat could still go. Christ, he was having matches against fucking uh, Jericho. At WrestleMania in the 2000s. And build that up, man. You don't have to. Christ, you had Savage as a champion. You know he's not going to make a shitload of dates. Still do that there. There's yeah. still there's so much opportunities to steam, have Steamboat as a world title contender. And they just fucked it over. Yeah. 86 just wasn't the right time for a guy like oh. Steamboat uh, to be... Like I said, I also think Vince would have had a legitimate argument that I don't know that Steamboat could have drawn at the top of the card in 86 for, well, WWE, no. for WWE, maybe right. down for NWA. Oh, no, you, I agree WWE. with you on that. Oh, without question on that. But I still give it a, I give it about four or five years. But the thing this is the thing. I don't think Steamboat would have lasted four or five more years if he knew he was going to get a title title run. Yeah, no. So, uh, being what it is, that's how I would do it, Amy. That's I, 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 that's how I would. If I was, if I had the pencil, that's how I would do it. But that's you know, that's beside the point. That's why they're there, and I'm here talking to to Justin right now. So, and and so wonderfully gifted that I am to be able to talk to Justin. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. It is your pleasure, as Jesse Ventura said on this Saturday night's main <laughs> event to open the show. Yeah, I keep on digging that hole. Just keep on digging it. Keep on digging it. 
Who so, else is what? What other slap dicks we got here asking us? So questions. we have the sexy boy himself. No, it's not Shawn Michaels. It's Mr. Frank Bruno. Oh he, Lord! You can find him at Frank Bruno eighty on the Twitter gimmick. Is this he, the guy that lives like up in the Northeast, but he likes like teams in the South and the? Yeah, he lives in Rhode Island. He likes Tennessee. Yeah, and I well, who's his baseball team? I forget. He. He's some kind of bandwagon jumping motherfucker, that Frank Bruno. Yeah, well, but but he but he wears a heavyweight title very well, though. Let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah, he asked, I'm not comment on that. Yeah, I I just dig it, just dig it in. We'll, we'll have Frank, we'll have Frank on very very soon. We can tell you that much, but oh. um, maybe we could ask him about that. Anyways, he asked, "What do you think the wrestling legacy is for the Coliseum at Rich Richfield?" Um. If, if for those of you that don't remember the Richfield Coliseum, it was basically home to the Survivor Series for a number of years in the 80s there. I believe it started in uh, one of the, I think it was the first one there in 86. 86. And I then all the way up to 80, 87 and 89. Year or two and, I think it was 88. I think they came I, with 89. They, they went, went back, back sometime. And like, anyways, they, they did a lot of Survivor Series on Richfield. I think it was because it was a quick trip that they could make and kind of get back for some Thanksgiving action, you know? Um, so I think that's why it was kind of strategically used and it's not, you know, the same old, you know, Philadelphia or New York that they use a lot anyway. So mm -hmm. uh, to me, it's legacy is the survivor series. I mean, there's there's also been some other famous shows go down in Richfield. Mm. Um, obviously, it's had some Saturday night's main events. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some Rawls. Um, it may even had other pay per views other than probably in your house Survivor houses. Series. Yeah, I I don't know if it did it in your house or King of the Ring well, or something we'll like to, that. You have to Google the internet. But yeah, Survivor Series is what is to me is synonymous with Richfield like Starcade would have been synonymous with Greensboro at the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. All right. So thanks to the sexy boy himself, Mr. Frank Bruno for that. Uh, so we have another new question asker. I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> a new he, question, it, asker. question asker. I'm a good sayer of words today. Uh, it is the moose himself, Mr. AFS man bun is at moose on the Twitter gimmick. Uh, he had a couple questions we already talked briefly talked about in the uh, above episode. So he's got two more questions for us. Um, he said, come in 1986, do you feel Piper's quote shininess end quote um, had faded and sh sh he should have looked for other opportunities? If so, where? I say Moosedon, shut your horror mouth. Roddy Piper never lost his shininess. I always loved Roddy Piper. Now, if you're asking, do you think he lost like main eventness in WWE or like whatever shininess means? Um, <laughs> fresh, fresh toy smell. I mean, no, I don't think so. Do you think he should have looked for other opportunities? Why? To go make shitty money down in fucking Carolina again? He'd already done that. Yeah. Um, he's making more money he's ever made up there in New York. So to me, no, I actually love, I talked about it earlier in the show. I love Piper here. Mm. 
I really think he's on he's uh, at the peak of his game at, uh, during this time. I think he lost a little bit of a shine just because he dude he was tired he was beat up he didn't want to be on the road anymore um where else would he have gone other opportunities obviously we knew he was going to be getting into uh holly going out to hollywood uh eventually i think that was his best opportunity you know take some time off go out to hollywood make more money make some better money probably and go out to hollywood get into films get into tv Still cross promote yourself, still promote that you're a WWF wrestler because that still gets the company over. Uh, and you're still making good money. You're still doing what you like. You're being in front of a camera. You're playing a character uh, and you're still doing well and you're still involved in something. Uh, but I still agree with you. Don't go down South Carolina's or uh, to Georgia, freaking NWA. That's just you're asking to fucking lose money hand over fist there compared to what you're making up up north here. Um, but his second question is, should Orndorf should have, should Orndorf have beaten Hogan? If so, how long should he have held the title for? I say no. Why? I just, I just don't. I don't know. I just don't think it would have been right for the company for Hogan to get beat by Orndorff. You just, this was really when Hogan was taken off hotter than hell and Orndorff shouldn't have been the guy to take it off of him. I don't think. Uh, but who else is going to take it off him though? As far well, as he nobody, killed? nobody did for like, well, no, I get that. Two but, years. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I get that. I'm just, but I'm just trying to think. I'm like, just Hogan, each generation, you had Hogan. Then you had pretty much Rock Austin, HBK that always had it. Then you had Cena that always had it. And it's just like each each generation had that guy. But right. I think Orndorff would have been that guy to take it off him. I That's how I would have I, I'd done it. You know he's getting over as a heel. He's coming out to Hogan's music. He's being despised by these fans. But I don't think... He would have, but see, if you put the belt on him, you wouldn't have never gotten Hogan and, and Giant, right? So, I, I guess that would have played into it a little bit. What the hell would you have done? Would you have lost, have him lose it to him right away, or do you have well, and would you have it lose it to uh, to Andre? You want to keep him strong going into that Andre match. Hogan, that not, is, yeah, because yeah, so that's why I don't think he can lose to Orndorff because it has to look like you know, oh my god, it's a giant who can beat him, and then no one can beat Hogan either. It's got to look, got look like that, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm just trying to figure out, and I really think that Orndorff really deserved to have uh, a title run, and I think at that time, 86 87 would have probably been that prime years for him to do that. Um, whether you lose it right away, whether you hold on to it for a while, whatever. But I just, to me anyways, I think he still should have beaten Hogan eventually, whether he's here in 86 or not. But big thanks to Moosedon for those questions. And last but certainly least, Money Mike himself has three questions for us this week. 
His first one is as follows. Would Saturday night's main event format slash show do well in today's environment? Well, I think it could, but it's, I don't think you would have to format it the same, like how they format it with, you know, the, the main event at the beginning and all that. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have to format it like that because you really don't give a shit about people going to bed because you're going to get most of your viewership out of streaming the next day anyways, right? right. Well, would you would you put it on network TV like you do on NBC or would you put it I'd, on just strictly on Peacock? I would. I'd put I, it on, I, would make, I would make it a Peacock deal. Well, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just don't, yeah. p- don't put it on broadcast like a Fox, NBC... USA, I mean, they've whatever. already got something on Fox on the weekend, right? So, do we really need a Saturday night's main? Well, they, don't event have on they don't have it on Fox on the weekend. On Friday, Smack, they Smackdown. Do. Well, that's, well, that's a Friday. No, that's not a Friday. Counts as a fucking Fuck weekend. Week. For me. Dude, I'm, Friday I'm, night hey. is the weekend. Friday day is weekday. What See, kind Friday of night what is kind the of weekend? What kind of fucking hills of fucking West Virginia logic you is ask that? All these slap dicks out there on Twitter, tell us when does your weekend start? Saturday morning or fucking Friday night when you go home and fucking crack open a fucking Miller Lite. That's when the weekend starts, my friend. That's Friday night. That's it. That's going to be a fucking poll this week. I, I, that's Saturday's the fucking weekend. That's why it's called a weekend. That is the end of the week. Well, let me ask you this. How beginning? So how can it be in the weekend if it's Sunday? Friday and Saturday. No, that's the weekend. God damn. This is, for last week it was with your fucking take on mayo. Now I got to deal with your weekend bullshit. This is Jesus Christ. That might be my our favorite argument we've ever had. Right Which there. one? Weekend or the mayo? The week the weekend. <laughs> I'm still getting shit from last week for about from fucking hoop about your mayo shit. Um I'm like I tried man, I can't convince him. He's yeah, I can't he's not he's on Oh, I know him and fucking Dumbass Doug Markham down there. They're probably trying to ship me some fucking uh, Duke's mayonnaise any day now. <laughs> Why not? What the? But no, we. I think okay. that fucking Markham's bathes in Duke's mayonnaise. Oh, fantastic! Um, that, 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 that's why his skin is so chic and oily. There's, there's a site. There's a site. Anyways, okay, weekend or week? Okay, which? When does your weekend starts? Friday night. Or Saturday morning. We're going to leave it at that. Everybody's working for the weekend, which is Friday night. That's how that song goes. Oh, because you just added that little part <laughs> at the end there, didn't you? Son of a bitch. Um, Jesus Christ. I really don't. I, I don't even know if we can go on from here. Anyways, I think we're going to have to. Uh, he asked his final question. We're going to make an addendum here. Because we're strapped for a little time. Anyway, uh, do you believe Saturday Night Main Event could have a weekly flagship? Okay, we already talked about that, so that's not the right question. What's he doing? Asking two questions at the same time? No, two, well, he's... two questions that are are similar. Why is the weekend start on Saturday? Uh, I don't. It, he just texts that in. Anyway, I'll, I'll give him credit for this. He's not trying to book this week on the show. Well, that's good. See... At least. He knows he's not allowed to book. It's one of the rules that he's not allowed to do because he sucks at booking. Yeah, Yeah. there's 40 rules of Money Mike's not... Actually, it's up to 53. Things Money Mike's not allowed to do. 53 and three quarters. And Um, booking (laughs) is one. So at least he followed the rules and didn't try to book this week. But 
he's asking a lot of formatting and scheduling questions and we ain't producers money mike all right all right so this one's gonna be a short one he says do you believe saturday night's main event would have been as successful without the hands on the approach hands on approach taken by dick ebersall um probably not no because he was more of a producer where more uh Vince was more of the talent guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, like these promos we see at the beginning and how they're set up and cut and everything, that's all dick. You know, and Money Mike likes that. All dick. That's what he's into. So, oh, no comment. Actually, actually after, after my, what the fuck was the other one that I'd said? Um, shit. I don't know. I said something about that. Yeah. See, this is something I, about that thing. Something about that thing. There you go. That, that's the autobiography or title for some people. But without further ado, I want to thank each and every one. Amy, Money Mike, Musadon, and Frank for asking questions this week. Um, so you can head over before we get to wrestling with music this week. Head over. I will actually be putting out a toll. Or toll fuck. A poll on Twitter at underscore ringside rant to decide when does the weekend start? And is now that I'm toll, is there a toll on the pole? Yes. It's a toll you on the pole. It's a, you have to, to pay. A, yeah. You have to pay a toll to do the poll. That sounded really bad. Um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of women have, or a lot of guys have uh, paid a toll to, for someone else to do the poll, but that that's we can't we can't go on from here but anyways go head over to at ringside at underscore ringside rant to take the poll when does the weekend start friday night or saturday morning come on people let's be honest let's be honest come on i don't know why i'm whispering but anyways this is justin's favorite segment of the week it is wrestling musical musical I want to get musical. I'm going to isolate that and play that each and every time. Now I have, I have to, that, that, that is legit. That'll be our bumper into the, to the episode each and every week. Oh, I want to oh. get musical. musical. <laughs> see not this, but that's the thing. It's going to get stuck in your head and you can't, you can't get it out anyways. Oh. So we got two this week. Justin has one. I have one from this episode it was very hard uh, you know for me anyways because i knew you wanted to go one way with it I, and i was going to go one way but i couldn't f- figure out how to do it and i didn't want to do it this early but without further ado if you will Dude, if you're not ready to run through a fucking brick wall when you listen to this, I don't know what other song you will be able to. Or at least through a hoop that the cheerleaders are holding up when you go out onto the basketball court. Oh, pretty much. But this is... Ricky Steamboat did it better than the Chicago Bulls. I'm saying it right now. I that. I think they got more championships than Ricky Steamboat. Who do he ever beat? Uh, who the Bulls ever, ever beat? Fuck them. 
<laughs> a lot of people. The oh, fuck them. I don't care. Fuck them. The Bulls bus. Who would win in a fight? Ricky Steamboat or the Bulls bus? The Bulls bus. The Bulls bus. Because the Bulls bus is driven by Ricky Steamboat. Like I said, to put this over even more, I don't know why I have to put it over. But like I said, if you if you don't want to run through a brick wall after listening to that music, shit, man. What else are you going to do? We have all these great songs on here already. This has got to be up there, man. Uh, yeah, we got I 10. Mean, it kind of matches his style. It's kind of intense, but but not overbearing. It's, you know, mm-hmm. kind of matches Ricky Steamboat's character. Yeah. But I, I would even say I'll run down the uh, the list right now as we have it. Uh, number one is Austin, two NWO, three Undertaker, four Bret Hart, five, four Horsemen, Piper's number six, Rick Root's number seven, HBK's eight, Owen Hart the Rocket is number nine, and the dreadful Hogan WCW theme is number 10. <laughs> so I would, because I was thinking about this, and I don't, I don't think it deserves to be top five. But I think it deserves to be just outside the top five is number six between the Horseman and Piper right now. Okay. That's me. I don't know how you feel on that, though. Who's after Piper? Rick Rude. I put it under Rude. You think so? Between Rude and, and HBK? Mm-hmm. I can, be, I can be down with that. I can be down with that. That is in the books. So Uh-oh, it is. It has been... It's been noted. Just, I really think this is going to be up there. I know you, this is the one that you picked before the episode. And I really think that this is, this will be potentially top five, I should say in my book, but without further ado, let the monkeys in the truck hit the play button. But that, that I but the reasoning behind that and why I love that I don't, did you ever grow up they had a cassette tape WWF mm-hmm. did it was a white tape with blue lettering mm-hmm. Jake Roberts was one of those songs on there and that was yeah. one of the things I wore that son of a bitch out on my Walkman yeah this this song maybe out of better than any of the other songs other than maybe Piper um this song fits the character so fucking well mm-hmm. and pipers is kind of in a literal sense this one just the feel and the and the vibe of the whole song it just makes you feel like that is jake the snake like mm-hmm. that's like if he was a villain in a movie like that would be like the music that plays real low in the background like it's just perfect i fucking mm-hmm. love it yeah so ranking wise I was torn between two. I first wanted to put it between the horseman and Piper, which would put him at six. 
Read, read off the list again for us, RJ. Okay. One more so time. we have, starting at 1 to 11 now, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin at 1, NWO, Undertaker, Bret Hart, Four Horsemen, uh, Reddy Piper, Rick Rude, Ricky Steamboat, Shawn Michaels, Owen the Rocket, Hart, and Hogan WCW. Um, But after I thought about it, I'm like, man, he deserves to be top five. So I, my thought process was going to put him at number five between Bret Hart and the Four Horsemen. That's exactly where I would put it. At, at five? Yep. I, that's, that's, I was thinking the same thing in my head is right there in between Bret and the Four Horsemen for sure. So because we have would- a new entry into the top five, folks. That uh, That's big news here on the show. Yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts cracks the top five in our wrestling theme music. So let us know what you think, because I know a lot of the nostalgic fans out there like the a lot of this old stuff, the Jake Roberts that really got you into professional wrestling, kept you in professional wrestling. So let us know what you think. Um, But next week, Justin, we are going to be fast forwarding a decade to In Your House Mind Games, which is coming to us on September 22nd, 1996. Um, we're going to see the headline by uh, Shawn Michaels and Mankind for the WWF title. So that there's a lot in this pay-per-view that we can talk about. Uh, hopefully it won't be too long <laughs> next week. Yeah, this like it's been the last couple of weeks. This is a good um, pay-per-view. It's got a good uh, match at the top of the card, like you said. Yeah. Uh, this will be a fun uh Fun thing to go back and watch again. Without question. But thank you each and every one of you that have interacted with us. This Arn Anderson last couple episodes have been really eye-opening to a lot of us. Uh, a lot of people listening to it, which we appreciate. A lot of people interacting with us on Twitter. Uh, if you want to do that, if you haven't, this is your first time listening, head over to Twitter. Follow myself at underscore ringside rant. Follow Justin at JD2040. Make sure that you say that you love mayo as a condiment and you hate Bret Hart and you should smother Bret Hart in mayo each and every time. You know, uh, I, even if they smothered me in mayo, I'd have a hell of a match. Slippery as an eel. Um, but <laughs> you get. <laughs> I tickled myself. Um, I always, I always told him, I always told Vince, like, you need me to work with mail. I'll do it. I don't care. I do whatever the boss wants. That's got to be a new shirt. <laughs> Smother me in mail. I'd still get over. Uh- <laughs> I could have, a, I, I told Vince I could have a great match with just a jar of mail. You know, I could do it. Oh my God. Okay. We can't go anywhere else up from here. So um, (laughs) head over to wherever you get your great podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the ringside rat on whatever platform. Thank you to the full press radio network, full press coverage, uh, as well as the shining wizards wrestling network visionaries, global media or the I'm missing one uh, wrestling with genres as well. So we appreciate each and every one of you for having us on your great networks. Thrilled to be a part of each and every one of those teams. Uh, if you want to be a part of the Ringside Rant team, head over to ringsiderant.whatforapparel.com to support your great 
great new design for your t-shirts as well. Frank Bruno had to, uh, we had to, you know, make an amend amendment on that. Uh, he's sporting the uh, ringside ranch shirt as well. So, but with that being said, Justin, you got anything else cooking for, uh, this week? Uh, hopefully we're cooking up a Schittsburg loss on Sunday. Who day, baby go Bengals. Get back on that win inside of the football and uh, see everybody next week. Mount up bills. Mafia.